Hey everyone, welcome to episode 13 of the Convergence Podcast. I'm your host Siddhartha Valluri and in this episode I got the chance to talk with senior concept artist Yohani Yokinen. And I've admired his work for a long time now so it was really good to be able to speak with him and get really valuable insights into how he has approached his career so far. We spoke about his journey in the industry and how he keeps himself productive and active in the industry even after working on it for more than a decade. And given the cinematic nature of his work, we spoke about how he's learned to adapt real-world knowledge from filmmaking and cinematography to implement it into his artwork and how that has been a major influence in the way he creates art. So without further ado, let's go. We're recording and yeah, thanks a lot for coming once again. I've I've Thanks been looking at your, your you're most welcome. I've been looking at your work for quite a few years at this point, and your work has been a pretty big inspiration for me, as I've been oh, working that's... only for a couple of years at this point. So yeah, I appreciate you coming on. That's nice to hear. It's always nice to <laughs> meet people that are on the other side of the screen, maybe watching what I do. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, that's why I wanted to kind of bring you on and talk about your journey so far. And I think before getting into your origin story, because generally most episodes tend to start that way, I, I wanted to start it on a different note as you've been working for about 10 to 12 year, years at this point. And I know the industry has changed quite a bit since when you started first. I wanted to just get a sense of how you've been perceiving the changes over the years, what your experiences have been like from that angle. Yeah, well, that's that's an interesting question. It's it feels like it's been a while it and at the same time it felt feels like i just started yesterday <laughs> like it's i think it's something something like 12 years now when i since i started i started in the finnish game industry in smaller indie companies back in 2008 or something like that and i still feel like i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> 12 years later i still feel like a beginner in a sense but the industry has has moved a long way in that time. I doubt I would get work in the Finnish game industry with the portfolio I had back then that I landed my first full-time job. So the competition has definitely definitely increased mm-hmm. and the, the whole way we do this has changed completely. Back then it was all it was 100% drawing and painting and photoshop and now it's it's flipped like it's 90% 3d at least for me for my day-to-day work so mm-hmm. in that sense it has gone through a massive transformation in the last 10 years but but still it's still much the same as well solving the visual problems but using different tools do you think in terms of the kind of ideas that are being developed are getting a bit stagnant over the last couple of years where certain tropes tend to get repeated quite often because of the 3D tools and like maybe... You're meaning in concept concept design specifically? Yes, specifically to concept art and concept design. Yeah, that's interesting. I've been, I've been thinking about that and there's definitely some, some of that. Everyone gravitates towards the same tools and techniques that uh, 
maybe leads to leads to some amount of similarity in people's work that wasn't as apparent when everyone was painting you know then a person's unique voice tends to come out a little bit easier when they are doing images 100% painting them but when you bring more and more 3D mm -hmm. into the mix it starts to homogenize the art that's that's being made mm -hmm. it also ramps up the quality which is great but I, I don't think that's a bad thing in the long run I think democratization of these tools becoming easier to use and and less technical I think it'll lead to a point where it's more about the ideas the mm -hmm. people that have the best ideas they end up bubbling to the top you know yeah that's so it's true. i think it's always a good thing that that the tech tech gets easier and it's less in your way and it's less of a hassle to <laughs> move 3d data from one place to another and it's uh it all all it all in all i think it's a positive change yeah i agree with you it it makes it easier to even for young artists who are just starting out to implement their thoughts and kind of start seeing where those ideas can go. Yeah, and it's crazy how, how fast people get good these days, good enough to get work and land jobs and better than me and better than a lot of people. There's like these <laughs> young, young, less than 20 year olds that are kicking our asses and it's, it's, it can only be a good thing. Yeah, it almost forces you to constantly keep developing your yeah. skills as well. It's like, damn, I need to get better. <laughs> I need to figure out new stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, you're doing perfectly good. So that's not a problem. Yeah, that, there's also maybe that's the thing that comes with experience is, is maybe when you're starting out, you, I, I noticed this when I start working on a theme of a project that I've never done before. And the first ideas I get, they are kind of the kind of the most obvious ones. Mm -hmm. I want to get those out of the way first and get some experience and mileage in. And then I can feel that I can grasp the theme a bit better and maybe, maybe hopefully get to some better ideas later on. So if you're starting out in concept design and you you, you get a quick grasp on all these tools, but maybe the first images that you make that the ideas are someone has done those a million times already you just mm -hmm. have to do them your way and maybe get to the more original ideas later on in air quotes even though there's no no such thing as an original idea <laughs> yeah you almost need to get through certain cliche concepts or compositions so to speak to then start yeah, arriving at interesting solutions yeah over the years, as you've been kind of developing your craft and tightening your process of developing these ideas, has your process shifted much in terms of the thought process? We know, of course, the tools have changed quite a bit, but how has your approach yeah. towards design changed? Oh, that's that's quite hard for me to judge. As I think my batting average has improved quite a bit back in the day, 10 years ago, I think maybe one in 10 images would work out now i think it's closer to maybe five in ten kind of work out okay. so the, the batting average gets better with time hopefully at least <laughs> uh other than that i've always been really bad at 
sketching and planning my work. I I'm too impatient for that. Mm -hmm. I just want to jump right in and get into the good stuff. So that's what I've been trying to improve in the last couple of years. At some point when I was doing more freelance work and less in-house work, I developed this, this workflow of almost doing the entire piece as a sketch first in black and white oh, okay. using the same tools I would to make the final image, but time box it in a sense that I would do it in one to three hours, depending on the piece and try to solve all the problems and make, make the piece in air quotes again, final, and then send that to the client. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, they liked it. You know, if, if you see something that's just to a certain point realized and it kind of looks finished, then there's, you're kind of like, you accept it. It's like, okay, that, that looks nice. Let's go with that. It's much easier for the client at that point to, to, to do that. So that's definitely something that I learned making proper nice sketches maybe not the, the right word but previous right. of the project that you're gonna do almost um finalizing the idea that you're trying to represent as early as possible yeah yeah and it leads to this leads to this that when you're kind of you're kind of finishing it once and then you do it again the same image again then they, the old masters back in the day, they used to make the same painting like 15 times or something crazy, like before they made the actual yeah. finished image in a large size or something. So that's what we don't have the luxury to do in concept design oftentimes, at least in-house. We just jump right in and start solving the problems. But with client work that's freelance, it's easier to do sell the idea sort of with a more finished sketch hmm. I, I really like that comparison like that's quite true the old masters would do a lot of sketches and then glaze upon the layers and then finally do yeah. the final piece now that you've started approaching it in this manner where you're doing some sort of a previous sketch does it get boring repeating the same concept essentially again where you've already solved the idea and now you're just kind of painting it over yeah that's why I tried to limit the, limit the first one just to, to a couple hours. Okay. I, I'm, I'm too impatient to, to actually spend a day on, on the first one and then <laughs> a second one. And in-house studio work, I don't do this almost never. It's just I start working on a piece and then get to a point where I think it looks decent and then talk with my art director and mm -hmm. it's in 3D nowadays. So it's pretty easy to change things around if if we come across across some problem but other than that yeah it's a for personal stuff it's a it's a good way of solving if i even want to do this image mm -hmm. if it's worth it <laughs> yeah that makes sense so you know whenever i'm talking to somebody who has like quite a few years of experience under their belt there's one thing that always intrigues me how do you guys let's say, keep yourself motivated over so many years to keep creating more personal work and essentially develop your craft because after a certain point, you have enough skill to be able to work in any professional studio. So you you don't necessarily need to keep developing your work. So what mm. brings that kind of energy to continue developing? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I've been thinking about, thinking about that since I've 
I've been working in a bunch of studios and freelancing. Now that I'm at Remedy, I'm really happy there. It's I get to do awesome stuff every day with people that are really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. So this it's kind of a their dream job at the moment, but there's still this this drive to make personal work and I don't know where that comes from. I think all artists to a point they have it. And I think it's important to keep doing it. Uh, if if I at some point I lose the lose the fire to make the next next personal piece, mm-hmm. I think I'm probably doing something wrong, working too much or or I need to reassess because yeah it's been it's been soon 15 years and and it's still there so i don't know where it comes from i i think it's for all creative people it's for musicians and whether you make youtube videos or write books or whatever there's always that that drive to do stuff only for yourself Mm -hmm. do you have any like particular muses maybe some kind of stories or things that inspire you constantly to use as part of your development yeah uh, earlier in my career i used to used to look at a lot of other concept artists work because i think it's when you're just learning and you start just starting out it's good to look to some other people's work and try to actually copy their work and then try to learn what they're doing well and try to improve your own work in that way and then when you have enough influences your own voice starts to come through that's kind of this melting pot of influences but now these days i've noticed that i i don't look at other concept stuff that much anymore it's more books and movies and photographers and especially cinematographers i've been i've been really looking into some of their work the past couple of years i find it really inspiring and it's also a good fit since the the games we do at remedy are are really cinematic in a sense so yeah so it helps with that helps with the day job as well so there's a lot of interesting stuff you can if if you broaden your horizons a bit and find inspiration in in other media than just video games and you know the digital art scene online are there any particular books that stand out in your mind right now that have let's say influenced you recently well I read a lot of historical fiction. I like that, but more inspirational. I I just I read the book by Austin Kleon, but that's called Show Your Work, and that's what inspired me to start my own YouTube channel and start sharing my process a bit more openly than than I have in the past. So that kind of books that uh, someone that's been doing creative stuff for longer than I have and has thought it through those inspire me and change my thinking kind of how can I how can I approach this concept design thing from a fresh angle yeah in fact just today a couple of hours back I was looking at your YouTube channel especially the the one with the two world war soldiers and the leaves yeah and it was a great insight when because I had no idea that that was actually a pretty much a 3d scene with a bit of paint yeah and yeah it was interesting to see uh yeah that the whole idea for the channel came from uh 
there was this talk back in the day, it's still online, it's this really old, where Stephen Messing, that's this VFX god, yeah. <laughs> he's going through his process in that, in okay. that it's a lecture at some school, I think. And he's just takes half a dozen of his pieces and chops them down pretty quickly and shows the process. And that man, that was one of the most useful things I've ever seen. All of, there's a lot of really good tutorials out there now, which is great, but a lot of them are like six to 10 hours long even. So I just keep buying them on Gum, Gumroad and then I scroll through it and I never actually watch it because mm-hmm. it's just too long. So all the good nuggets are in there, but they are hidden in this, in this bigger thing that I end up just having on my <laughs> computer somewhere. So I, I had this idea that maybe I'll try this format that I take, I make these personal pieces anyway. So I take them and I break them down in 10 minutes and upload it on YouTube. And maybe if it helps one person out there, it's it's enough. I think the like what you rightly mentioned, the, some of the Gumroad tutorials are quite long. I feel like those kind of tutorials are almost aimed at beginners because they need that kind of explanation but the kind of yeah exactly yeah the kind of breakdown that you're doing as long as you have some understanding of how concept art is developed then you can start understanding your videos much better because you almost go through the process at a rapid pace right so you need to yeah those are definitely not for for beginners and i've gotten a lot of requests even already from people that watched it and they were like can you do a full tutorial and I, I'll do that at some point. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of work to go through. It's step by step. And there's a lot of that stuff. As I said, it's out there. I'm not reinventing the wheel here. So I usually just point people to, to other gumroads that I've, I've liked in the past. But yeah, I've, the YouTube channel thing is just I try to share my process and then maybe make videos of things that interest me and and if there's some new stuff I discover, I'm going to make a video out of it and see where it goes. When you're developing these concepts, did you already have in mind that at some point you wanted to share the process or did that thought to share just come on later and you started to figure out how you can start breaking down those ideas later on? Well, that's also kind of interesting since I've been doing this for so long and it's just making personal pieces and posting them online. But, but then I started thinking that what other skills I could develop that would would kind of be a force multiplier in in my career as well. And I think public speaking and video editing and these kind of things would be a natural and a good fit with my other skill set. So that's why I kind of decided that this year I have all this time on my hands and I'll try to do something I haven't done before and mm-hmm. kind of puts me out of my comfort zone. I could have just kept doing personal pieces and post them on art station and never talk to anyone about it <laughs> like for the next 40 years. But I think it's it's more interesting to do something new new every once in a while. Uh, it's, I approach images now a little bit more differently. I think what can I show and what's interesting about this process even though a lot of my pieces use the same process, but there's always some nuggets there that might be interesting to other people. Yeah, definitely. I think even though the process 
after a point becomes stagnated in concept art when you get into 3D unless you're yeah let's say developing a series of concepts around a particular idea then you start going deeper into the idea rather than the process itself and yeah in your case like i i know that norse mythology stuff has been quite frequent in your personal work how has that project been shaping up over the years because i know you keep doing it every couple of months but yeah have you thought of a long term trajectory for that project well not really it started as many of my projects do which starts with one image and then i think of another one and then another one and and it ends up being like now i have half a dozen or how many there are i have this 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 plan that at some point i will i would love to make a book mm-hmm. but it's a huge but it's it, a book decent book would probably take like a couple of hundred images or something like that at yeah. this pace i'll get there when i'm in my 80s <laughs> but uh i don't know if it's ever gonna go anywhere i just like working at this similar framework of an idea as if it was my own ip kind of loosely themed together and then maybe at some point when i have multiple images i can do something with it it's nothing more serious than that hmm that's interesting so you're not putting any let's say additional pressure on yourself to push out the concepts at a faster pace to reach that end goal of the book you're just letting it organically develop yeah uh, yeah kind of at the, at this point i'm just uh, the pieces i'm working on my own time it's just what in- happens to interest me at the time now this year i'm l- trying to teach myself more hard surface modeling so i work on stuff that requires me to use hard surface skills to to pull it off that's how i often approach this like and it's a good way for everyone to think about it it's like what's my weakness at some point it was 3d characters like i couldn't i i wanted to develop this this pipeline that i could make my own characters and pose them in the way that i wanted and do all this by myself and that took a while to develop and now i can do it i use these personal images to learn it and it's it's a great way to think about what's your weakness and then do personal pieces that force you to use that specific skill and you've been doing quite a few spaceships i've been seeing on your instagram updates is is that yeah. also kind of part of a larger universe of ideas so to speak yeah yeah i i've been cranking out space stuff <laughs> this at the start of this year it's exactly this i'm learning how to how to develop a a concepting workflow where i can still do decent uh hard surface models but i can do them fast enough to be useful for my studio work because the the problem with 3d is that i used to do all of my 3d in 3d code and it's still my it's the swiss army knife of 3d you can basically do anything in there quickly and it'll work in a painting but the hard surface it's definitely it's not meant for that it's a it's a sculpting software at at its core even though it can do a lot of stuff and the other end of the spectrum is like cad modeling that yeah. a lot of people are doing and i also i spent some time in canada learning that and it's a really great workflow but at least for me it's still 
quite slow, as is traditional like polygonal modeling, which is something that I've never been able to get my head completely around since it's this origami-like process <laughs> that even even the fastest people in the world it still it still takes its time. So I've been trying to find this middle ground, and I think I've I've finally cracked it because uh, Blender has these amazing add-ons that you can put on top of it. And I found this this good one, this add-on called the Fluent add-on. And okay. it's just, it's kind of like box cutter that a lot of people are using, but it's simplified in a sense. It has less options. And that's, I, for me, I need to find the perfect balance of, it needs to be simple enough to be fast, but powerful enough to let me do what I want. And in Fluent, I think that the balance is pretty good. Hmm. I'm going to have to check out that plugin because you're right. CAD workflow can get a bit slow because I do quite a bit of hard surface in Fusion 360. And while the results are really good, it does take quite a bit of yeah. time to set the whole thing up. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I would love it if I had all the time in the world to make amazing CAD models all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just more often than not, I... The stuff I do, it just needs to hold up in an image somewhere further away. So uh, I need to find something that in, sits in the middle of these two spectrums. Mm, over the next couple of years, do you see yourself using lesser and lesser of Photoshop and essentially creating your concepts purely in 3D? It's already happened to, to, to a certain point. A lot of the images I do at work, if it's if it's man-made things, then it's 85, 90% 3D, and then just uh, color grading and fixing stuff and whatever in Photoshop. It's in it's really 3D heavy in that way. But it's still, if if I'm doing something organic, then it's still the more traditional photo bashing painting matte painting workflow because that's still faster mm -hmm. 3d is getting there but still making a forest in 3d takes forever so uh, if you're doing any vegetation or or anything it's or the, the 2d route will be faster for you yeah making landscapes in, in 2d is still that actually reminds faster. me of the work that you had done for three robots the love death and robots yeah. episode and pretty much all the concepts had a very vast amount of vegetation in the concepts. Maybe do you want yeah. to talk a bit about how that, maybe first, how did you get into that job? Because that's a pretty cool project to be part of. And then yeah, what the process was like. It was a really, really fun project to be a part of. It was really intense as well. I got approached, I, th I think it was in 2018, to do these uh, images. and. I jumped on it and started working right away. Uh, I spent maybe those images are all super fast. I spent maybe day and a half tops on one of those. Mm -hmm. Most of them were done probably in a day. So those super fast 3D base and then photo bashing and painting on top of that. Uh, I didn't even I didn't know who else was on the project and it turned out to be this amazing thing it's it's yeah. a really really great show i can't wait for the second season to come out but uh i was working on it for a couple of months and then 
then it just came out half yeah. a year or a year, a year later and I was like man that's cool <laughs> yeah it was a great phenomenon definitely I think it changed quite a lot of um, points of view on how people look at animation and various styles of animation definitely I'm curious like in these rapid paced productions where the turnaround time is really quick what is the let's say development process like do they give you a script or a portion of a script how do people and the art directors um, critique the work how fast is that process like yeah, well, specifically in, in the Love, Death and Robots, they gave me a script and then there's a location uh, described in the script and then I talk with the, the director a bit and usually make a super fast sketch, like 30 minute stops and then send it over and they would have some notes and then I already kind of knew what I needed to do and then I just sprinted to the finish, mm-hmm. sent that over. And if there was something they wanted to change, like the lighting or something, then I would work on that the next day. And then that would be it for that image. It was super fast paced, just crank the images out and, and get the location sorted. Well, that, that is really quick. So when you got onto the project, um, was it the producer of the project who got in touch with you or the director? How does that process work? I think it was the director mm-hmm. approached me. Yeah. So I think this is a good time to kind of take a step back and look at the journey so far, because how does one even reach to this point on working on really interesting projects like this? What kind of mindset is needed to get to this point? Yeah. Uh, there's so many projects out there. And the the best advice I can give is work on all of the projects as if they are the most interesting project in the world i i think there's always an angle you can find be it any any project you can find an angle to make it interesting for yourself so try to try to find what in this particular project what can i make really awesome about this and how can i make it most interesting for myself so then i get interested and then i produce the best work i can at that point mm-hmm. so that's probably the the mindset you need to have when maybe at the start of your career the projects are not exactly what you would want to be working on but that's, that experience will pay off later on early on in your career did you have instances like this when you were in a company or a project where you while it was sustaining you and having monetary benefit, you were not particularly happy with the kind of work that you were doing in that situation. Well, there's definitely always, even in the best projects, there's there's tasks that are kind of a slog. And even the best project, you're just super excited to work on it. And then two months later, it's it's kind of another just another project. So you need yeah. to find the, the motivation kind of somewhere else but yeah there when i was working in the smaller indie companies uh the the gap from what i was doing the concept level and then then what was actually in game it, it was sometimes difficult to translate the concepts to mm-hmm. the game stuff as as directly but i can't say that i've ever had a project that i disliked working on it's like always i think i can find an angle that makes it 
at least sort of interesting. <laughs> mm, that's pretty good. Then that way you're always motivated towards the kind of work that you're doing. Yeah. And it's... you had a pretty interesting journey. Like your career started in Helsinki and now all these years back, you're back to the place where you started. How, yeah. how yeah. has the work culture been, you know, in Helsinki versus in Quebec? What is the kind of atmosphere in these different situations like? Well, I made the jump to Canada, never having visited uh, there, and it was great. I really liked Canada and Quebec. Uh, it's it's kind of similar to Finland. It it looks looks the same. It's the mountains are bigger, but uh, the seasons are pretty much the same, and and people are similar, even though they speak French. <laughs> uh, so the working culture there, it was it was really similar to the stuff I was used to in Finnish gaming companies. That's just great to be in Quebec that they have a lot of really talented people there. And it's inspiring to see see the work that they do every day. And it was fun to work on work on Immortals for the year that I was there. But then uh, at the end uh, we were thinking with my girlfriend that she's she's gonna still study more in Finland. Mm -hmm. And it made sense for us to live here. And I didn't want to do the long distance thing. And then luckily the remedy remedy position came along around oh. that point. Then I just decided that, uh, man, I, I actually played Control at that point. And it's like, man, this is one of the most visually impressive games I've played in the last 10 years. So I, I'm going to take the jump and <laughs> leave Ubisoft and go to Remedy. And so far, it, it's been great. That's awesome. Uh, I, I want to kind of dig a bit deeper into your experiences while working on Immortals because that's a completely different style of work compared to yep. what you've done apart from that. How was that change for you? Because maybe were it, was it different in terms of the techniques that you had to use or the style? How did you develop that? Yeah, it was definitely an, an adjustment. I was actually hired to work on a different project at, at first, but then as often happens in gaming, things change and and then the team jumped on on Immortals, and a lot of people were, as people know, that the studio had been making really realistic games at that point, and and it was definitely a, a challenge for a lot of people to jump on uh, such a stylized IP, especially a new IP that no one had done before. But uh, I think a lot of people, at least I. I was taking it as a challenge and I always thought that it would be super fun to work on, you know, work on an animation at some point, mm -hmm. like an animated movie. And this, this kind of shared similarities in that we were referencing a lot of animated films and, and whatnot for the, for the game. So uh, I had a lot of fun just doing, using more, more color than I probably normally do. And, and, stylizing shapes more uh, at first I, I did more painting and drawing going back to the basics that I used at the start of my career but I, I was a little frustrated at the at losing speed right. <laughs> compared to what I was used to and so I tried to go back to my 3d workflow but bring more stylization to it and the stuff that I have in my portfolio now I think it it still looks like my work, but 
it has a little bit more stylization to it and it still uses the same process so it it was an interesting interesting experiment and that was a fun project to work on yeah i think it it really stands out in your portfolio and the body of work that you have because it's so vibrant and so it just has a lot of energy of a different kind compared yeah. to the other work that you've done which has another cinema like that has a very cinematic quality to it so in now that you've gone through that experience of doing a very very stylized project almost like an animated project do you have intentions of carrying forward that style further and maybe developing some personal works like that it's funny that you mentioned because i i i kind of do i've been i've i've had it the idea for years that it would be super fun to illustrate some old fairy tale or a children's book or something and do that with the with the current all the all the <laughs> tools of the trade and yeah. all the tricks and cheats and all and try to do like a stylized stylized thing i think i'll, I'll do it at some point maybe when i have my own kids or something do something something for them it would be super fun to do something really really stylized even more than what immortals is but now that i work at remedy we do the exact opposite like <laughs> super realistic as as visually impressive as we possibly can and it's it's also super fun uh maybe more than ever i can now play to my strengths at work which is great <laughs> yeah that's true and especially now that you're in a much more senior position you have a lot more control over the direction visually the game would go in i'm supposing yeah yeah the concept team at remedy is really great and and we have a lot of freedom to ex- explore our ideas and try different things and take our time with developing the ideas because it it's concept design is a tricky thing it's often people want really fast results but the creative process if you really research what you're doing and then develop the idea and then do the final thing it takes time so mm-hmm. that's what i like to like a remedy there's time to develop the ideas now that you're in a senior position i mean how do you see your career trajectory go from this point on um i just want to know from a senior artist perspective how do they approach that because from my position i'm looking towards that goal essentially where you are at already so how do you approach your career yeah well now it's actually hard to say i i'm really happy at where i'm at and i'm i'm just so happy to get to do so much art and try to improve at it every day and just try to keep an eye on that ball that i haven't actually even thought what i want to do next so for now i'll take one project at a time and try to do as well as i can and then see where it goes but i i i did at some point in ubisoft when i was working in helsinki for for ubisoft i did more art direction related things and i found that i really enjoyed that it's it was really rewarding even though i i didn't do as much art myself mm-hmm. but when i could help the other artists on the team like whether it be the environment team more or the marketing team or or any other team when i can help someone do their job it feels really nice mm, that's so interesting. i that's something i i'm definitely 
gonna look at in the future. It's super fun to have that bird's eye view of a project and work more with people. The, the concept design workflow, especially now with COVID, it can just be me and my computer weeks on end. Yeah. And then just I send stuff, send stuff on, but in in more direction roles, it's it's fun to get to collaborate with people. And I'm curious, like, how do you go about that process of art direction in that particular case? And I suppose, how important is that aspect of communication and the ability to translate ideas from one person to the other? Yeah, that's, well, there's, everyone is different. And then how they, you need to learn to know all of the people on the team and know what kind of feedback they, they expect and how how to give it. So that's always case by case, but I think the art direction process is I'm not in an ivory tower telling people what to <laughs> what they need to do and what it needs to look like. I'm there to facilitate the process and try to help them come up with the idea and the right idea that fits the context of the bigger bigger thing because at that point I have better visibility on the whole project and whole all parts of it, so if something fits i can tell and if it doesn't i have a better idea of what might might work so it's a collaborative process with the artist that we work together to find the right idea it's mm -hmm. not that i <laughs> tell them what to do dic dictate <laughs> from uh, ivory tower what they should do right that's that's cool that's cool in terms of like just the ability to communicate those ideas how was your transition from just being an artist where like you said you're just attached to your computer basically how do you were there any things that you did to maybe improve your, the way you communicate your ideas or translate certain thoughts from one person to the other yeah it's it's a, always a learning process uh, the human interaction i'm kind of and a lot of things are we really direct they just <laughs> straight up say what we think okay. and it's it's not always maybe the the best way to approach these things and some some artists that that i know and we have worked together for a long time i can just straight up tell if i think that something sucks or, or if i think it's great and for other people i need to kind of caution it a little bit and not mm -hmm. be so direct but okay. it it comes with experience and when you when you realize you messed up you can always apologize and, and then go from there and try to try to try to always just be nice to everyone mm, it's that's interesting i'm sure uh, you must be getting quite a few messages from students or younger artists and you know just from their perspective trying to understand how to develop their career further do you have any plans to maybe take up mentorships or just divulge your process at a deeper level compared to what you're already doing in those shorter videos yeah i've been thinking about doing some mentoring and and at some point and i think i will try it uh it just always feels that when you've been doing something it feels that everything you're you're doing is so obvious to me mm -hmm. and then why would anyone benefit from it but then there's uh, i read some book that said that what's obvious to you is amazing to someone else and uh, it's so true it's it, so it's it's worth setting the process and and it's i bet it's it's hard for younger people now 
getting started, there's so much competition out there, but there's on the other hand, there's so much opportunities. So I think all altogether it's a better situation now than it was, say, even 10 years ago. There's just gaming is growing. So every year and uh, projects, there's there's more of them and there's more opportunity out there. Hmm. I think this is a good time to maybe go back to the start of your journey 10, 12 years mm-hmm. back. How was that process like? Did you study concept art somewhere? Did you go to an art school or what was the journey like? Well, I started when I was in my early teens. I think I was 13, 14. I started dabbling online and I I always liked drawing and I had been drawing my entire life, like copying comics and, and all that. And But then I discovered computers and there I realized that there's a lot of graphic design going on here, like all the websites and all this stuff. So I gravitated towards that, like graphic design at first. But then uh, one day, I think I, I I ran into CG Society. That's okay. what it was called back then. I think it still exists. But uh, I ran into that website and saw Craig Mullins' work. And I still remember it was like a lightning bolt. That's like, man, I need to do this <laughs> immediately. And I, it, then and there, I knew that I, this is what I, this is what I want to do. Uh, I also discovered Ryan Church and all those old, old masters at this point. At then, and I, eventually, I found their Gnomon tutorials and and tried to find everything online, what there is was to find about concept design, what which wasn't a lot. There was. Uh, concept art uh, conceptart.org came around at some point, which was this forum. Mm-hmm. And then I used to go through, through these threads and try to find the smallest amount of information that was out there, like how people did what they did, because there wasn't any tutorials or YouTube videos. There was barely a YouTube back then. Yeah, it was just <laughs> so, funny videos at that point. Yeah, just cat videos. Yeah. So it was it, it was a different time for sure. But then I started. I got my first tablet and started started making images, just one after the other. And when I was 18, I got my first freelance job, and then pretty soon after that, my first full time gig. Wow, that's quite young. That when you started. Yeah, people still there are surprised when I tell them that soon, soon, 15 years that I worked in the industry. Uh, like man when when did you start <laughs> when i was 17 18 <laughs> so how did you get go about getting that job i mean was there a pretty big gaming market in finland already at that point no definitely not that's why i was originally supposed to become an architect like i knew i wanted to do something visual and mm-hmm. and also make a living because <laughs> like fine art i didn't consider that it could be an actual career but then I started to find these smaller indie studios in Finland that had had started when I around year two thousand or something. Even Remedy was started earlier, mm-hmm. and I had played Max Payne's and all that. It just didn't occur to me that I could be working at one of those studios. But then a friend of mine uh, contacted me and said that this one company was looking for a two D person. I applied and they ended up hiring me basically the next day so that oh, wow. was uh, lucky yeah kind of kind of locked out there but it was just 
an online community of like-minded people that was really small mm -hmm. at that point. It's way bigger now. I'm curious, what was your, I mean, parents' reaction when somebody who's supposed to become an architect eventually suddenly comes and tells that, hey, I got a job already. What was that reaction yeah. like? Well, it was always, at that point, I was always telling even myself that, okay, I'll do this for a couple of years and then I go to school. Mm -hmm. That I was just delaying going to school. But then uh, I delayed it for five years and then 10 years and, <laughs> and now I'm here. So it, it never it never turned out. So it was kind of a slow roll. So maybe my parents, they it wasn't a shock, <laughs> a one-time thing. Interesting. You mentioned that aspect of, you know, the competition is getting harder at the younger stage at this point, even though the opportunities are much greater. And this is something that I notice as well. And the first question that always comes to my mind is, how does one stand out with their work? Because everyone's mm -hmm. producing such good work, right? How does one go yeah. about showcasing their work? Well, that's the difficult bit, I'm afraid. It's the, when, when everyone gets to a certain uh, technical level, then it's more about the ideas and the ideas compete. And then it's about people finding it in themselves and finding inspiration and finding some ideas that maybe haven't been explored in concept art before. And then that'll be the work that stands out. And even though technical excellence is always great, but can if you can get both <laughs> yeah that's, like a that's the ideal captivating situation. idea and technical excellence then you have both the best of both worlds <laughs> do you ever write down your ideas first before going into the sketch phase or the 3d phase i do sometimes when i get an idea in the shower or in the subway i just write it down so that i know that i will forget it mm -hmm. and then if it's just a sentence describing a painting, okay. it feels funny to write it out, but then I can always recall it later on when I read it. So that's a good tip if you're like me and really forgetful. <laughs> but I always have like half a dozen ideas kicking around in my head for paintings that I want to do next or at some point, and they develop there and maybe maybe eventually come out in some form or another so so you don't like spend too much time actively actually jotting down points and ideas down the line it's more like you just recollect memories and just put them down at that point yeah i think the idea generation of them for me happens when i'm doing something else when i'm running or in the shower or driving or something like that and I thought, oh man that would be a cool 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 image to make and then i start making assets for it and start putting it together and it, then I said, oh, it actually doesn't work out that well <laughs> after all. And then as often happens, I just take those assets and I use them in some other way later on. Yeah, I remember in that video with the World War Soldiers, you had mentioned that you originally made those for something else and then you ended up yeah. using that for a different piece. How often does that happen? Because like you said, you have six, seven ideas parallelly running in your brain. How do you pick which idea to actually go ahead with? Uh, in my personal work, I follow the fun factor. If I'm having fun with it, then 
it's a good idea or at least worth pushing through and if if i feel like my my interest is waning at some point even in the first third of the process then i'm like okay maybe this is not worth it and i'll try to twist it twist it in some major drastic way and do something else with the building blocks i have that's the luxury you have with personal work that you can just do that and that's how it often ends up being a little little better or at least little truer to myself than maybe the professional work where if i start something i kind of have to finish it and make it as good as i can mm, that's true that makes sense now now that you've been working for such a long period of time do you still let's say send over your personal work to other colleagues and friends for feedback or do you feel like you have enough experience to gauge your personal work by yourself well we have a have a loose group of finnish people and and now i have other friends as well from all over the place and sometimes if i'm stuck with an image i'll, I'll send it to people and, and see what they think and it's always good to have that group of people that can tell if your work sucks and then <laughs> you can hopefully fix it but uh, it's it's frustrating because it has to be i have to think it's pretty good before i send it to someone else and when they are like okay that sucks then or that doesn't work and i'm like damn <laughs> <laughs> that hurts even harder then yeah but they're usually right and usually it gets better with feedback yeah that's true so i mean just looking at the work that you've generally done like we've discussed already there's a very strong cinematic tone to it are there any particular movies that you can recollect at this point which have inspired you over the years well it i definitely enjoy the work of Roger Deakins that's like my favorite at the moment uh, so lately i've been studying his work like the of course everyone's favorite the latest blade runner it looks amazing but a lot of his other stuff as well as sicario and 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 the, the skyfall bond film that just every frame looks perfect to me so that's what i've been studying lately and hoite van hoitema did really awesome work with with ad astra i think the revenant as his. well hoite van hoitema yeah the revenant definitely uh the the, the quality of the light and that they can capture is something that i try to bring to my work especially and study the lighting techniques and and what they do and framing and and lenses that they use and that because a lot of the that's a lot of what they use are like full frame <laughs> cameras then and they use anamorphic lenses that lend this a certain kind of um distortion to the image that makes it look a certain way so that's really interesting it's a really nuanced way that they twist the image but that's what i've been trying to bring to my own work day to day just to try to make it look as air quotes cinematic as possible that's been an interesting experiment you can bring actually a lot of the lighting techniques that they use they use in cinema in the physical world you can bring that knowledge in the digital world and light your concepts yeah i wanted to go a way. bit deeper into that very aspect because when you look at the behind the scenes of any particular movies that we mentioned just now they have like light setups and kind of diffusers and people holding up point lights and fill lights at different angles yeah. 
how do you go about translating that into a 3d set because suppose you're doing like a very large scale environment like yeah. the one that you did where there's this character at the edge of the cliff a very huge character in the north series how do you go about yeah. translating that lighting ideas into such a large scene yeah well that's the benefit of working in 3d that you can hide a lot of stuff that you can't hide in real world if you have something in frame you have to cgi it out of it out of the frame but i use a lot of like planes if i need a fill light somewhere if i have a character in frame and it's just getting too dark i'll just have a fill light there like a plane that i uh just disable from the camera so the camera doesn't see it but the light is there so i cheat quite a bit like that and then often i have a softbox above the characters that i have so i get this nice rim light on top of their heads in the in the scene which wouldn't really happen but it looks good and that's what they do in movies as well they separate uh, the characters from the background by using rim lights so so that's one technique and there's there's a bunch of cheats cheats that you can use it can't think of any specific specific ones right now but no, really, that's okay. but just throwing lights into a scene and then hiding them it's it you don't have to think about the 3d process like like rigidly like this is how the light falls on the environment you can sculpt it and you can make it what you want it to be and just make it look as awesome as possible that's the that's the end goal not making it as physically real as as it can be yeah. in a computer <laughs> that's well put i think that balance between what is actually realistic and what is a cinema real is sometimes quite different yeah exactly do you spend much time doing photography and trying to apply those techniques in a realistic sense as well well i would would like to delve into photography a bit deeper i just take photos here and there for my own instagram just for my own benefit but it's not something i take super seriously i just use my iphone and then edit the photos on iphone and post them so it would be fun to get a proper camera at some point and take that a bit more seriously but so far i haven't really really had time for that so in terms of your let's say weekly or daily routine now that you're back working full time for remedy of course you're working from home but how do you split up your time in terms of the professional work and the personal work are you working on personal stuff on a daily basis well i'm actually the last couple of months i've been back at the studio i worked the first six months uh from home uh, but then i went back to the studio we have a few people working at the studio and and i just found it easier because our living situation we were living in a pretty small place with my girlfriend now kind of temporarily so it was easier for me to go to the studio and, and work from there but as personal work balance goes it's mostly on the weekends i try to work on a saturday and sunday get a couple hours in at least uh, i find that like a session of four hours on the weekend is kind of perfect it's not too much that i get burned out but it's not so little that i don't get anything done either so it's kind of this happy middle ground so that's what i try to find in the weekends as often as i can to get a couple of sessions in and then maybe in the evenings evening is during the week but that's that's harder 
Hmm. Something I've noticed, I mean, just through our conversation right now is that you seem to be quite patient with the way you're developing your personal work and you're not trying to rush the process. And I think that's something I'm quite guilty of trying to do so much work in a single day. How do you, yeah. how do you mentally convince yourself essentially to let go yeah. of that? It's always hard. Like the last 20%, as you probably know, the last 20% takes the 80% of the time. And that's usually the point where you just, you're tired of the piece and you want to post it already and get be done with it and move on to the next idea. And I had to, at some point, I had to do more of a concerted effort of finishing things. I was starting images and then I was just dropping them and starting another one and dropping that. And then I had to force myself to finish the personal pieces. And then after I did like half a dozen or a dozen of those, then I started to form a habit of always finishing the personal piece. And then, and now I think I've found something something of a happy middle ground where I try to fail fast. I just jump into the idea, try to make it as quickly as possible to a point where I see if it has potential, if it works. And then it, if, if it doesn't, I'll just move on to something else. And then if that works, I just finish it and don't leave it hanging. So when you say, when you're gauging whether the concept has potential or not, are you thinking in terms of only composition at that point or is it including storytelling and all the aspects that go into it? Yeah, it's it's all of it. It's just the idea if it excites me enough when I get something on screen, if it if the idea feels worth doing and if if it looks cool enough to start even at that early stage that I can see if I flesh out the idea, it would look nice. Then then usually at that point, uh, I, I finish it. But there's a lot of images that I get to a certain point and then the idea just it already feels stale and then it's just on to something else. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, we've been speaking for one hour at this point and we've covered quite a variety of subject matters. And there's one thing I always like to ask whichever artist I speak with is how do you see your life over the next five to ten years? Are you somebody who plans that far ahead or is it more like a year at a time or a month at a time? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, say in five years, I'd like to be able to, or in 10 years, I'd like to be able to uh, devote more of my time for doing my own work. That would, that's always for any artist. I think that's the, that's the end game where you want to go. You want to work on your, your own ideas and projects. Although now this this year with COVID has taught me that I don't enjoy staying at home by myself, doing my own stuff in my own echo chamber for too long. So that's actually, I've, I've been re rethinking this whole whole thing that I actually really enjoy going out there in the studio, working with other people on something that's not just mine. That's a collective, collaborative project. So there's benefits to both. But yeah, it would be would be great in ten years to to be in a situation where I could choose more freely if I want to take time off 
work for six months and do like a sabbatical and try to do a personal project and learn a lot. That would be awesome. Like take six months off, go somewhere and, and work a lot uh, on some other personal stuff and then come back and keep yeah, working on the studio like, stuff. That's like the dream situation, definitely. Yeah, exactly. So maybe, maybe that's that's a goal. <laughs> so um, one more thing I wanted to touch upon was you've been doing quite a lot of personal work in terms of individual concepts, but do you ever plan to collaborate with other artists to create larger personal projects where multiple people are collaborating to those ideas? Yeah, it's it's definitely something that's probably in the cards at some point this year. I'll try to do something that's a little bit more in the in the motion uh, world of things. I I'd like to try and make something that moves a little bit. So that's definitely something I've never done before, and there's a lot to learn there. But that would be fun. And those projects often they get too big for for Chesterson. So it would be fun to do some something with my friends at some point do something with moving images so for, that's something for, we've for actually been of, thinking about for years yeah sorry sorry to cut you off I, I was just coming to that like do you already essentially have a team in place where a group of friends already know that this project is about to start at some point or do you wait for somebody to start yeah the idea? yeah well it's kind of both uh, there's a lot of people I know in the Finnish, Finnish industry and the European European industry as well, that people that can do different things super well. And it would just require someone to get all the people together and start working on something. And maybe that'll be me at some point, but at, at this point, it just feels like too much work, to be <laughs> honest, on top of everything else. Interesting. Well, yeah, I'd love to see, I mean, whatever you come up with. Love, yeah. love the kind of work that you've been doing. And of course, I'm quite interested in seeing how the journey in Hard Surface goes for you because it'll be interesting to see that cinematic take on spaceships or just pure Hard Surface work, how you bring about that atmosphere. So Yeah, yeah. well, I'll, I'll try my best. It's, <laughs> it's, there's a lot to learn there. And I always tell people that even though my work is now 90% 3D, I'm not a real 3D artist. <laughs> it's... I'm a concept artist that uses 3D and abuses it most of the time. So, so there's there's a lot of stuff to learn, and I've skipped a lot of basics like UV mapping and all that stuff that I'm now paying for. I'm learning it like the hard way, but it's it's also fun. It's always it's inspiring when you learn something new and you can do something that you didn't you weren't able to do previously and it opens all these new doors for different ideas. Yeah, I mean, 3D concept artists, we're quite guilty of skipping quite a few steps to reach the <laughs> end target. Yeah, and you kind of have to, you have to, to save, save time. It's yeah. always the balance of quality and time that it takes to finish it. I mean, you mentioned like you're going back and learning things like UV mapping and stuff. Is it impeding your creative flow because that's such a technical thing to learn and the mindset required is yeah. quite different for that, right? Yeah, uh, that's also good for everyone that's learning a new, new software. 3D, oh, oh, when I was starting out the first five years, say 3D was always this huge monolith of a thing 
that felt like so difficult and such an intimidating thing that I avoided learning 3D for a long time. I just I wanted to make the images. That was the fun part. But then a lot of people started using it, and then I I saw the benefits of it more clearly, and maybe some of the tools got easier. So I started started little by little learning 3D and using it more and more in in my projects, and then because there's always a new software that comes along and everyone jumps on that that uh -huh. bandwagon and then you when you do this for a long time you have to learn all these softwares every year there seems to be a new one that you have to learn so you learn how to learn so some of the good tips for learning software is that don't go in and try to learn everything like at the start of my career i would take software and start learning like from a a to abc and try Start, start going through the tools and learning what this does. That's completely useless. Nowadays, I just jump in the software, get the barest minimum from YouTube or something, just how to control it, uh -huh. and then start making projects with it. Just, I probably will mess up the first couple of ones, but when you start using it for actual projects, you have to learn the things you have to know, and you can skip everything else. Yeah, but that makes sense. this also. This also comes with the, the caveat that then you probably miss a lot of important things that might bite you in the ass later on. <laughs> but it's it's better still because you end up, you kind of uh, accidentally learn the software that way. Yeah, and no, it doesn't feel so difficult. That's a good point. I mean, project-based learning definitely speeds up the process of getting through those technical hurdles much quicker. And you can focus yeah. on the creative decisions rather than the technical ones. Yeah. Uh, and you don't end up learning useless things. Like I've been using Photoshop for 20 years and there's, I probably know 20% of the software. Like there's so <laughs> much useless stuff there. And that's, that's it in most, most softwares. Like mm -hmm. you end up using like 10% of it. <laughs> well, I mean, in closing, I wanted to ask your thoughts about for people who are coming up in the industry now, how do they uh, clearly establish their trajectory? Because nowadays, the like you said, there are so many options, which also comes with the double-edged side where you don't know which direction to move in. They could be, let's say, character, concept art, environment, concept art, props, hard surface. How does one find their niche and start figuring out which way they need to go towards? I think the only way is to find what you really like to do and do that. Mm -hmm. It might it might change along the journey. It definitely has for me. I went through a phase early on in my career that I only liked to do characters. And now I never make characters. There's characters <laughs> in my images, but I don't like there's specific people that are really good at character design in like AAA concept art that do only that. Mm -hmm. But that's the, that's the best tip. You have to really like what you're doing to have the uh, stamina to do it long enough to get really good at it. And I'm still not there myself. Like I really like doing environments and that's why I've been doing those for the past five years or something and trying to improve. So that's, that's what I would say. And also the importance of having personal work and personal projects. I think most of the jobs that I've, I've gotten they are because of my personal work. The professional stuff, if you work in-house as a studio artist and not, not a freelancer, you 
might work on a project for four years and have nothing to show in that time. Yeah. And then when you finally do a lot of the stuff that you did four years ago, you don't even want to show it anymore. So it's especially at the early stages of your career, it's important to work on personal projects and and keep posting and and keep putting yourself out there. And, and then it's also easier for the people that are looking for uh, new hires to find you and then see that this person actually is interested and they are doing stuff on their own as well. That's what I, if I interview new new artists, concept artists, I tend to ask them if they have personal projects and, and if they do, it's usually a good sign that they are. They are really into into what they're doing. Yeah, that's a good advice. Definitely, constantly developing your personal projects is quite important. Um, yeah. Now that you mentioned the hiring aspect, I just wanted to touch upon one small topic before we close the conversation. Mm-hmm. Are there any faults or repeated mistakes that you've noticed, which a lot of candidates that don't get selected tend to be making? It's just to the concept art world is is pretty simple compared to a lot of other industries it's the portfolio is like all that matters and and in like a minute you can tell if if someone is good enough and uh, that's there's a lot of portfolios that that come in to different applications that just the quality bar is not even close to being good enough. And that's difficult to even start the conversation at that point. But when there's people that do cross the threshold of their work being good enough for doing this stuff uh, professionally, then it's more about, for me at least, when I invite someone for an interview, I've already decided that their work is good enough. Then it's more about the interpersonal fit, and uh, that you're a nice person and and needs to needs to be humble and willing to learn and have a growth mindset and all that and a good fit for the team. That's what I'm looking for in people after their first maybe art test or screening. Right. Yeah. I mean, just to be able to have a good conversation with your teammates is quite important. Yeah, exactly. It's a collaborative thing in the end, and, and uh, the egos need to be left at the door, and and it's just all that interpersonal stuff is super important. Yeah, egos need industry. to be left at the door. That's a that's a good way to close the conversation, Johan. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate this. Thank you for having me. Hope some of my ramblings helped someone out there. I'm sure it will, I'm sure. Yeah, and you've been posting some really cool stuff on your Instagram, so I'll be I'll keep following it and see. Oh thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, let's stay in touch down the line and looking forward to you. Yeah. Thank you so much.